Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Get on up. It's bobsled time. Hello and welcome to 32 Fans Movies, where we discuss all things movies past, present, and occasionally future. My name is Sammy Chester. And I'm Ab Sedensky. Today we're going to talk about our favorite baseball movies as we move ahead towards our 64 movie sports movie bracket. The winners so far, soccer was Damn United, hockey was Slapshot, golf was Caddyshack, tennis was Borg vs. McEnroe, basketball was Love and Basketball, and football was the one and only Brian's song. Besides Av and myself... We also have Josh Cantor subbing in for our regular host, Will. Josh, all I know is that you were a legendary t-ball player. What otherwise is your baseball pedigree? I love baseball. I grew up watching baseball. Greatest moment of my life, other than, of course, getting married and having kids, was going to game two of the World Series in 2005 when my Chicago White Sox won, won the game and, and won the World Series. It was a wonderful moment with my dad. So, yeah. Josh, I didn't know you were a White Sox fan. It's really important that you're with us then because I would say the 1919 White Sox are probably the defining <laughs> ball club of baseball movies. A little so, excessive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all over the place. Joining us as well is Jason Martinez, a pro baseballer for the last decade, except with stats, not with bats and balls. Jason, you're the founder of Roster Resources, part of the baseball website Fangraph. Can you tell us, our listeners, what's your history with the game? What drew you from the batter's box to the stat sheets? Is it the movies? I've been working in baseball since 2009, and I had already been in a, in a career for 10 years. I was a, a director at the YMCA. Everybody was getting laid off, <laughs> and I decided I, I need to start thinking about something else here. Baseball has been the thing that I love since I was a, a kid. Have baseball movies well, always been a part of your love affair with the game? Of course. You know, let's just go back to, to yesterday, the World Series, the Nationals win. I don't pay too close attention to the playoffs. I mostly want to see the last out of the game so I can see these guys celebrate. Steven Strasburg, I go, that guy went to the same college as I did. You love the emotions of the game more than the raw numbers? I thought you were going to say you wait I, I, for the final out so you can immediately <laughs> crunch the numbers and like put the stats well, up in your tables. Well, I want to see that last out because I start thinking about all these guys that oh, it's, this is, you know, this is his first World Series. And, and you think about the journey that they've had. For what I do, I'm tracking from the time they get drafted or signed and through the minors, and, and, and there's a whole journey and there's a whole story. And if you think about a movie, you get to know 
them as people and their lives outside of baseball. And you learn more about that journey. And Yeah, and I think the other thing is that the, the movies we're going to see cover the whole the whole life journey of baseball from little league all the way until 40 year old, 45 year olds showing up in the majors. What is the unique DNA of a baseball movie? What sets it apart from a football movie, a tennis movie, hockey, all the rest of them, you know, so we're not talking about the lovable losers coming back and winning the big game or getting the walk off home run because something like that is happening in every sports movie. What kind of running theme, if anything, do you see in movies like bad news bears league of their own Kevin Costner, Pride of the Yankees, the Sandlot, etc. I think it's less about the baseball, but when I was a kid, I just, I mostly cared about baseball. I couldn't relate to anything else. As I, as I went through school, middle school, high school, I didn't care about much <laughs> besides baseball. So even if I, I was curious about our world and our country and things like that, if I had to, if I got to read a book about Jackie Robinson, I could understand what was going on in our world, in our country at that time. And I can, I, and the same thing with the movie. I don't know if I quite agree with you because, you know, I think you could say that about a number of the movies that they really show the world outside of the game. I think, uh, you know, soccer movies do that really well. Some of the football movies do that really well. You know, they definitely show racial tensions. There's three issues that are like, this is a baseball movie. One of them is definitely mythology. That's like number one. I have never seen a sport in a movie that is so wrapped up in the mythology of that sport. We're talking, you know, fireworks, July 4th. The word legend is in every single movie except Bad News Bears. I think Bad News Bears is the only exception. And I think that sort of speaks to why Hollywood has a love affair with baseball that it doesn't have with any other sport because Hollywood is also obsessed with its own legend. In Sandlot, they capture this really well when Babe Ruth shows up. Remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Uh, you've seen all the other sports movies with me. Have you ever seen mythology waved as much as it is on screen here? No, yeah, I think you're you're definitely right, and I think uh, I think Jason is right. Also, I think the thing that's like unique about these baseball movies, and frankly, baseball itself, is the way the story of baseball just intertwines so deeply with the American story. I, I think best encapsulated by the Terrence Mann monologue at the end of Field of Dreams. The one constant through all the years, Ray has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good, and it could be again. The story of America, the story of baseball, it's just kind of this tapestry of one leaning up against the other. There's just like so many themes in these movies. You talk about sugar is, is really an immigrant story. You talk about Pride of the Yankees is this story of this model American life. From another era, yeah. Yeah, from the, this mythology of like days gone by when like things used to be good and like trying to recapture that somehow, I think is... It, you know, cuts across a lot of these movies. A third of these movies, they, were, they wouldn't need to have made the movie if the father and son would have just played catch when they were kids. Um, you know, that literally would have taken the drama out of, you know, half the movies. So I think father-son issues, daddy issues, I mean, even like the rookie, there's like, you know, Dennis Quaid has major daddy issues. And then finally, the last thing, which I'm surprised none of you hit on, is broadcasters. No other sports movie puts broadcasters so front and center. I mean, look at Pride of the Yankees. The famous scene in Pride of the Yankees, I just watched this last night. I was shocked 
that we see the scene from the broadcaster. We hear the scene. It's narrated by the broadcaster. We don't even get to like listen to Lou Gehrig until the very end. And in the best baseball movie of all time, and I'm showing my cards here, what does the protagonist grow up to be? What is his job in the future? The broadcaster. Yeah, he literally grows up to be a baseball broadcaster. So Jason, you have the most knowledge of baseball here. What is it about broadcasters in the sport of baseball that they have to be so central to the movie? I think the history of the game just it goes back so far where people didn't watch the game on TV because there was no TVs. And so you had this person, when you listen to, to some of those guys, Vince Scully and the Red Barbers and all those guys way back in the day, they were speaking to thousands and thousands of people across the country and they were painting a picture of this yeah. game that most people couldn't see. They, they would read about it in the newspapers and, you know, maybe they can hear the crack of the bat and some fans, but mostly this guy telling you this, what was happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's I think it's also that baseball by its nature just has like a lot more dead time that needs to be filled with a broadcaster talking or telling stories. And baseball just, for whatever reason, lends itself better to that history and storytelling that I think other sports, maybe because it's changed in less fundamental ways than, you know, say basketball or football have from like the 1940s. But like, I'm a huge basketball and football fan. I couldn't be less interested in like stories of players from the 1930s and 1940s and 1950s. Whereas for many baseball fans, like that's like the most interesting thing about baseball is to like learn about Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio and Honus Wagner. Uh, let's jump right into the bracket. It's a 14 movie bracket. Jason, you're going to be joined by either Josh or Ob as the judge for every matchup. I'll be the tiebreaker and I'll give the quick intros. The movies were seeded based on the average ranking of about 50 online ranking of baseball movies. So we've really covered the map here. Two things are at stake. As Ob said, top five movies will earn a ticket to our March 2020 all sports 64 movie bracket. We're looking forward to that. And number two, we will, with Jason and Josh's help, identify the number one baseball movie of all time. So we have 10 contenders. We're going to race through the play-in very quickly. We're going to pick a top kids movie and a top documentary, five of each. The winners will face off to go as our number 14 seed. The kids movie. The contestants are Hardball with Quanta Reeves, Little Big League, everyone's favorite Minnesota Twins movie, Rookie of the Year, everyone's favorite Chicago Cubs movie, Angels in the Outfield, we know what team that is about, and then a special Battlefield Baseball, which our roving uh, reporter, Will Seaman, our missing host, will give us an update about. So I watched Battlefield Baseball, the one and only baseball movie that I have seen. It is a Japanese film. I watched the French dubbed version on YouTube. So I wasn't able to un understand any of what was being said, but I don't know if that would have really helped. There was a lot going on. Um, a guy gets his head impaled with a baseball bat. There's a really sad musical number about how this guy uh, threw a pitch so hard, it killed his dad. That's about it. Those are the five kids movies. Jason, what's your favorite? I'm bummed that you guys didn't include The Kid from Left Field. Have you, have you heard of that movie? I haven't even heard there's, of that there's one. There's one from, from the 50s, and then they did a remake in 1979 with Gary Coleman. He's talking about Willis Kid. It's about the Padres. I grew up in the 80s. That was my favorite. That was my every favorite team, movie right Every there team that. needs their movie. And uh, we could do a whole yeah. other bracket with just each team gets yeah. a movie, and we'll face it off that way. But unfortunately, we didn't give Gary Coleman his day in the sun. Which <laughs> of these five do you like? I'll go with Rookie of the Year. I was older when those all came out. I wasn't paying attention to kids' baseball movies, but I, I remember seeing Rookie of the Year. Kids love it, too, so I'm going to go with that one. Rookie of the Year is my, is my favorite of those also. I love Rookie of the Year. Uh, I rewatched it about a year ago just because. I think it was on or whatever. It's, it, it holds up. It's great. Put my vote down for Little Big League because I'm from Minnesota, but I think Rookie of the Year is our winner yeah, for the kids. 
much as uh, I, I hate the Cubs, I'm a, I felt rookie of the year as well. Let's look at the documentaries because there's another Minnesota Twins movie there. So there's another chance for me. Five documentaries. We have No No about a pitcher pitching a no hitter on LSD. We have Ball Player Pelotoro, which is the Minnesota Twins movie that I can't pronounce. We have Up for Grabs about lawsuits, Battered Bastards of Baseball, a minor league movie, and Heading Home a movie which needs no introduction. Just because I live in Israel, I'm going to choose Heading Home. <laughs> okay, so we have one vote for Heading Home. I'm not sure if it deserves any others. <laughs> I'll go with No-No. That one with, about Doc Ellis, that was uh, that era. That Pirates team, just so much fun. And, and the fact that a guy can, can be, be in that state and go out and, and do that is pretty amazing. I saw No-No in the, the Minnesota Twins movie, so I'm going to go with No-No as well. No-No against Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year is, is a classic kid's Baseball movie. You see, after the game, a lot of guys like to ice up their arm. Still other fellas think that heat is the way to go. But I have discovered the secret, Henry. Hot ice. That's right. Hot ice. I heat up the ice cubes. It's the best of both worlds. Kind of tells us that there hasn't been enough good baseball documentaries made. There's been a lot of great kids' movies. Let's have the number 14 play and go right up against the number three Moneyball. Moneyball came out in 2001. It's how the Oakland A's in the 2000s transformed baseball using data. Aaron Sorkin wrote the script. Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Robert Wright, even Chris Pratt shows up. I will vote for Moneyball. Moneyball is a movie that was was probably one of the movies I like looked forward to the most in my lifetime because I lo- absolutely love the book. Aaron Sorkin is probably my favorite screenwriter, and I just I couldn't wait for this movie to come out. I thought it was very fun and enjoyable, but a lot of things that bother me about it, especially the way it plays fast and loose with the truth, it went a little bit too far in suggesting that the Oakland A's had essentially discovered on-base percentage and that it was something that didn't exist that no one was aware of prior to 2002. It also made it seem to a ridiculous extent the A's won, that they became a good team because of players like Scott Hattenberg and Chad Bradford. And, oh, by the way, we also had Mulder, Zito, Hudson, Miguel Tejada, Eric Chavez, all these superstar players, which you know very well may have also been part of their money ball strategy and how to identify these players. The movie makes it seem that these little tiny things are what made them into a great team and not the fact that their roster was loaded with superstars. My problem with the movie is that they kind of waste Philip Seymour often, but that's not really a baseball problem. That's just an acting problem. Jason, I feel I'm disrespecting you because you're our stats guy and this is our stats movie. I grew up in the 80s, so the, the, the video games weren't what they are today. And so, you know, things would bother me about playing a baseball video game where, you know, the guy hits it into the gap and it goes to the wall and, and he hits a single and then I'm just throwing the at the TV because I'm so angry. And so, so yeah, little things like this do bother me about movies, but- Also the fact that they made a movie about nerds playing with numbers in sports. I think there's something remarkable about that. People who run ball clubs, they they think in terms of buying players. Your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. And in order to buy wins, you need to buy runs. You're trying to replace Johnny Davis. The Boston Red Sox see Johnny Damon and they see a star who's worth seven and a half million dollars a year. When I see Johnny Damon, what I see is is an imperfect understanding of where runs come from. The guy's got a great glove. He's a decent leadoff hitter. He can steal bases, but is he worth the seven and a half million dollars a year that the Boston Red Sox are paying him? No. No. Baseball thinking is medieval. 
Yeah, I think, I think just, just, yeah, just to get, just to get baseball on a bigger, uh, on a bigger scale and to get more people, even though like, if I tell somebody what I, what I do now, you know, they just go, oh, you're like Moneyball. And I'm like, nah, not, not really. But yeah, I mean, that's a big part of, of what anybody who works in baseball does. You deal with these numbers and there's a lot of numbers that are available now. And, and you have to, to look at this and there's some people that are really, really good at analyzing it. It is an important movie, even, even though it is flawed. Yeah, as my vote, it deserves to move to the next round. I always thought it was like a deeply ironic choice by Moneyball to have a movie about like finding hidden value and, you know, unknown players and then cast Brad Pitt in the lead role. (laughs) They should have found some guy who you've never heard of who's 80% as good as Brad Pitt that they could pay, you know, $45. That's, you know, that would be a Moneyball approach. (laughs) You know, Hollywood doesn't have to play by the rules of baseball. They just have to make movies about it. Classic against a super contemporary movie, which is our number six Pride of the Yankees against number 11 Sugar. Pride of the Yankees, first off, came out in 1942. It's a biopic of the great Yankee first baseman. It came out shortly after he died from, I guess, Lou Gehrig's disease. For the past two weeks, you've been reading about a bad break. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. That I might have been given a bad break but I've got an awful lot to live for. Thank you. And Gary Cooper plays Lou Gehrig, joined by a number of Yankee greats, including Babe Ruth. Going up against Sugar, which came out in 2008, it's a contemporary account, as Av said earlier, of how Dominicans struggle to reach the majors. Sugar tells a very important story about the way the game is, especially the last 30 years. Baseball as it is in our imagination against baseball as it actually is, in terms of what baseball players look like and the actual odds that even the most amazing talented young prospect will ever fulfill the dreams of becoming a, a major league all-star the way that lou gehrig and pride of the yankees reaches the majors is sort of yeah it's know, like he, it's like ho-hum yeah he was good at baseball and he's like oh i'll join the yankees and then i'll be you know the 10th <laughs> the 10th best player in history whereas like this guy who we actually see like dominant and like just striking out guys, throwing these like crazy sliders, throwing 100 miles an hour, and never even comes close to sniffing big league action. Starting pitcher for American League, Sugar Santo. The fact that he got to the United States was such a big deal, and that's like a small percentage of those guys. He made it to the United States in a, in a very low level league, but. Once you get there, it's like, wow, he made it, you know, and then you still have so far to go. I also like Sugar, how they have that he's playing in, in cornfields in Iowa. It's sort of obviously a nice touch to yeah. another movie that's coming. I'll, I'll go with Sugar. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I think it's a, it's a better movie, and I think it's definitely a better baseball movie. Uh, Pride of the Yankees had a, to me, a very surprising lack of actual baseball in it. It's really, to, was to me, like a love story about this great guy, Lou Gehrig, and oh, by the way, he was a baseball player too. Pretty cool when Babe Ruth showed up, which I, I had remembered, but surprised when I saw him. In a way, it's like never realized before. I had seen it a long time ago. The title to me, I think, a double entendre on this movie to me is really more of like a, you know, pro-America wartime propaganda film than a baseball movie. And the pride of the Yankees is not talking about the baseball team in this reading of it. It's really just like this 
amazing, you know, young American, good-looking guy who does everything right and plays by the rules and has no warts and is just this perfect, upstanding individual. And then, and, you know, and dies. sacrifices his life yes. at a young age for Correct. his country. Correct. Yeah. It's. I don't know why that. I probably was younger when I saw it, but like that thought had never occurred to me. And this time it was just like glaring. Sugar obviously has a lot of like you know political and cultural subtext to it as well, but I thought it was just a lot better executed and a lot more emotional and compelling that scene at the very end where he's on the subway and he just gets that glimpse of yankee stadium of you know that life that could have been and i thought that also just was a really nice connection of these two movies but you know by by accident that they ended up in the same corner of the bracket but i would uh, i would vote for sugar as well sugar then is steaming right into moneyball Close. I'm going to go with Moneyball. Yeah, I'm going to agree. It's closer than I ever would have expected. And I know I kind of dished on Moneyball a little bit, but that's only because of like disappointed I was compared to what I expected for this movie. But yeah, I'll go with Moneyball. There's this big divide in, among the fandom of, you know, people who like long for the good old days where it was about toughness and, you know, this and that. And now it's like all these nerds with their calculators that are rooting baseball. And maybe it's just because I'm a nerd, but I've found that the focus on stats and like understanding them has just like made baseball so much more interesting and beautiful to me than I ever realized when I was younger. There's just like such an elegance to the way the stats and baseball work and like just help you understand. And like that, like the fact that like you can take, like if you have this, this, you know, on base percentage and this, you know, runs produced that like you could basically determine how many wins a team is going to win within a few wins almost every year there's just this perfect equilibrium to baseball stats that just makes me love the game more than i ever did moneyball would make you think you can sort of just pluck the players looking only at numbers and sugar is deeply as jason was saying it's deeply about the human element of the game if someone asked me what's a great baseball movie that i've never heard of and that i should see I, I would say Sugar is number one. Uh, yeah, I never heard of this movie before, and I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it. Let's leave that bracket for the time being. Moneyball took the top position, and Sugar fell into the loser's bracket. And let's jump and go into the number eight versus number nine matchup. Now, Josh was telling me before we got on that he thought this was the heavy hitter bracket. It has the number one seed waiting next as well. Number eight is Major League. It came out in 1989. Comedy of cast-off players rallying the Cleveland Indians to the pennant. Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes, Rene Russo, Bob Euchre, all of them show up. Straight ball, I hit it very much. Curve ball, bats are afraid. I asked Joe Boo to come. Take fear from bats. I offer him cigar and rum. He will come. You know, you might think about taking Jesus Christ as your savior instead of fooling around with all this stuff. Shit, Harris. Ah. Jesus. I like him very much. But he no help with curveball. You trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? Okay, Harris, let's not start a holy war here. <laughs> Wouldn't leave a rum sitting around out here with this group. It's very bad to steal Joe Boo's rum. He's very bad. The one thing I'll say is that Charlie is a high school pitcher and he actually had a pretty good fastball, but he said he took steroids for about six months after he got the role in order to look good on screen, uh, which is a very Charlie Sheen thing to admit to doing. Um, And League of Their Own came out only three years later in 1992. And it's about women's baseball having a league in the World War II era. Gina Davis, Rosie O'Donnell joined by John Lovitz, Tom Hanks, David uh, Strathairn. Okay, this was a really, really hard one. Um, Major League was like the first R-rated movie my parents let me see as a kid. Um, this was a lot of nostalgia for me. I 
was probably my favorite movie as a kid. Um, I was, I found myself watching it just quoting the next line uh, at, at pretty much in every scene, even though I haven't seen it in a long time. I really liked the story and Bob Uecker was amazing in this movie. Um, speaking of broadcasters. Yeah, um, the broadcaster he, stole the movie. He really did. It was really good and it held up 20 years later. That being said, and this is really, really hard for me. That being said, I really liked the League of Their Own more because I think it just, it, there was so much passion involved. Um, well, well, not by Gina Davis, but by the rest of the players. Um, and I loved Tom Hanks in this movie. I don't know if this is considered one of his better roles. It seems a little underrated because he's done, you know, the Forrest Gumps and all those movies. This was but his first I, big role. I think this I was think kind of his was, coming out role. I think he was. I think just because of him alone, I'm going to put this ahead. He was great. The no crying in baseball. <laughs> Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris. Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no. No! No! And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! I'm going to give uh, a nod to League of Their Own. And I just had this one question I want to leave everybody with. Did Gina Davis drop the ball on purpose at the end? Yes. For sure. For not, sure. not clear. Uh, it's it's really not clear. Uh, it's you know, you know. The movie you know. leaves it ambiguous, but I think it's yes. Okay. But why? Of why? Because of the scene at the beginning where her she yes. the, the her mom tells her to like go. Oh no, she, it's her. It's her when she's older. She tells her child to like go easy on your younger brother or younger sister. Yeah, because otherwise yeah. that scene makes no sense. Like, why is she telling it? And to she go said easy? in the movie, "You wanted it more." So that was a, the actress who played the sis, the younger sister. She has claimed in interviews that that she did not drop the ball on purpose so i for, don't know for anyone who's interested in uh in shay serrano's latest book movies and other things he does like a full breakdown of this question so okay. and what's his conclusion uh, i think he agrees that yes is the, is the probably the right answer but you know he's <laughs> he spends many pages trying to you know go through all the pros and the cons well, jason anyway. and josh you guys better get ready because av came to play today in his uh, movie matchups uh, <laughs> he did some research jason what's your pick that was like a pretty big upset there major league is i think most major league ball players number one baseball movie of all time and josh threw it to the sidelines in the first round no no no. i love major league how dare you you I'm threw it to the, you voted for a league of their own it i'm sorry tom hanks just tom hanks gave me had to because of tom hanks he was so good i'm gonna go with major league and i think that the thing is they're both classic movies and i've seen major league probably 30 times and i've seen a league of their own like three times and i think it's more that 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 sweet spot where you you're a certain age and i think major league i was probably 14 or 15 then league of their own i was probably probably busy with you know college stuff or whatever but major league is that one where i recite every every line of that movie there's so many classics a league of their own is very sappy i think if madonna wasn't so amazing on camera i never thought she was a great actress until i saw this movie um, I think Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell are really, really Yeah, fun. they're pretty good. They, they steal the movie for me, for sure. My one question for you guys about Major League, Tom Berenger, who is essentially the lead, how does he keep just walking into his ex-wife's house? Like, into her bedroom? <laughs> he just keeps walking into the her elevator. Like, Why does it? And how about the elevator from the boyfriend? It opens into the apartment. What is that Yeah, he just, he, he just keeps walking into people's houses, like, the whole time, and it's never explained. Yeah, unclear. Unclear she doesn't lock her. It's, well, it's Cleveland, so, you know, uh, whatever. It's no crime. Yeah. 
I'm going with Major League. As I said, I just found a league of their own. Has some great roles. John Lovitz, he might be the best. Major League, I think, is sort of a a poor man's Slapshot, the hockey movie. I don't think it's in Slapshot's uh, realm, but uh, it's similar, and so it has the win for me. You know who they're going up against, though? They're going up against number one overall preceded movie, Bull Durham. Kevin Costner has come to play, you guys. It came out in 1988, pretty much the same year that all these movies came out, the late 80s and the early 90s. The movie is the classic minor league season of a young pitcher, a veteran catcher, and a baseball groupie. Ron Shelton, when he wasn't playing streetball in preparation for White Men Can't Jump, he was a minor league ball player, and this was his coming out party. He directed and wrote this movie. There's six months in a season. That's about 25 weeks. That means if you get just one extra flare a week, just one, a gork, you get a, a ground ball, you get a, you get a ground ball with eyes, you get a dying quail, just one more dying quail a week, and you're in Yankee Stadium. You still, you, you still don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Get the hell out of here. Send you a postcard. Send me a postcard. Hey, I made it. You made it. You made shit. I got brains, but you got talent. Kevin Costner, Tim Robbins, Susan Sarandon play all the necessary characters. As much as I love Major League, I think Boulderham is, it's an almost perfect movie. If you, if you can overlook the fact that this, this guy, you know, his first, first professional season, um, which I think, I think they must be in high A, because they say it's the Carolina League. They say it's A ball. It's a um, real minor league team. It could happen. Yeah, oh yeah, and, and it could happen like, you know, like a Steven Strasburg type gets drafted out of college and they know this guy's going to move quick. Um, but, you know, he, he's, in, he's in A ball for a couple months and then he gets called up to the majors. That doesn't happen. <laughs> Besides that, it's an almost perfect movie for me. I mean, as far as that, that minor league atmosphere and the story and, and, the, and, and the old veteran who's sticking around the minors for so long and he's that guy. There's so many of those, guys, of those catchers, you know, with the way I look at, depth charts and you know which minor leaguers are, are, are ones that you should know and who, who's not and with with the catchers it's overlooked because some of them are just there to be the coach it's, it's like you need yeah. you need to have that coach on the on the field so so you got that story my grandmother came over from australia she met she met my my grandfather during the war and then they got they got married my grandfather passed away about 10 years later and then so so, so my grandmother was a widow when the San Diego Padres had a minor league team here and she kind of fell in love with, with the game. He was even dating one of the players. My mom always tells me. Uh, Are you trying to for, malign for, your grandmother and say that she was no, a baseball is, groupie? No. <laughs> is the movie you know, based like, on her? Just be honest. It might be. No, I, I don't know much about, it's just funny to, to hear that my mom tell me about this. You know, Susan Sarandon's character, she loves baseball. I mean, she just relates to it in a certain way where she's just attracted to these men. And I think, but I don't think she's attracted actually, to the guys as much as she's attracted to the game. And then they're just sort of right, characters right. in the game. But I think she loves the game. She's a woman that loves the game. She, she loves going out there. She understands the game. So I say I relate to, to my grandmother being, you know, a, a widow and in her 30s and going out to watch baseball. And it's minor league baseball game. Major League is kind of a, a minor league movie in a lot of ways. It's fun, but it's, uh, I guess, by the 30th time you've seen it, you've sort of... Uh, it's, it's a comedy. It, it, it's a great comedy. It's not, it, yeah. it doesn't compare to a great drama like Bulldrum. I'm going to have an unpopular take here. I thought Bulldrum was a bit overrated. I know, oh my God, what, I can't believe it, right? I love the Kevin Costner character. I think he was great and the passion and all that stuff. But Tim Robbins' character was like silly and goofy. And I kept 
It's hard for me not to think of Shawshank, but that's not his fault. I'm going to give the nod to Major League. Um, I just like them more. And I just want to know also why everybody in Bull Durham is super, super sweaty. Like every time they took off their hat, they were drenched in sweat. I just didn't get that one. I just think minor leagues, people sweat a lot because there's just no AC and they're in buses. (laughs) Josh, I am doubling up with you. I am giving my vote to major league as well. So Bull Durham is going right out of the bracket, but it will still be in the loser's bracket. Uh, So we will have a chance to still sneak in, but it is out of the running as our number one movie. So the number one goes down hard. Major League grabs that ticket to the dance, and we're going to jump over to Eight Man Out, our number seven, versus The Sandlot at number 10. Eight Man Out, it came out, of course, in the year 1988, because what else is new? It's about the 1919 Black Sox, Shoeless Joe Jackson, throwing the World Series. It has a lot of guys in it. John Cusack, Charlie Sheen, of course, David Strathairn shows up, Christopher Lloyd of uh, everyone's favorite children's movie. Is it true what they're saying in there about Joe and the others? Don't be too down on the guys, fellas. When you grow up, things get complicated. You didn't do nothing wrong, did you, Buck? Guess I never grew up. I still get such a bang out of it. Playing ball. When a bat meets that ball and you can just feel that ball just give. And you know it's going to go a long way. Damn, if you don't feel like you're going to live forever. You couldn't give that up. Not for nothing. How do you think they're going to call it tomorrow? The Sandlot came out in 1993. It's the coming of age story park salons with baseball set in the early 60s. The cast is a bunch of no-name kids that actually look exactly the same 30 years later. I kid you not, Google it right now while we're talking and you're like, oh, they haven't changed at all. And also James Earl Jones shows up because why not? Eight Men Out, I thought was like, okay. Um, I thought it, you know, it tells, a, it tells an interesting story about, you know, kind of these guys pushed into desperation out of economic circumstance of, you know, the mean greedy owners that refused to give them their fair share i thought the, the biggest flaw is that there was like too many characters and none of them really stood out it was just like hard hard to keep track of who's who and like who was you know fully in and who was ambivalent and who was yeah, why is charlie sheen even in the movie besides the chance to take steroids again like what does he do in the movie yeah, I don't know. Sandlot, however, is is really one of my favorite childhood movies. It's It kind of really represents baseball in its purest form, which is just little kids just playing for hours and hours and hours on a summer afternoon until it's time to go home for dinner, which I just absolutely love. There was only one night game a year. On the 4th of July, the whole sky would brighten up with fireworks, giving us just enough light for a game. We played our best then, because I guess we all felt like the big leaguers under the lights of some great stadium. Benny felt like that all the time. You see, for us, baseball was a game. But for Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez, baseball was life. The only thing, you know, looking back seeing this movie now is that it's unfortunate that Squint has to get cancelled, but, you know, that's what happens sometimes. <laughs> is that your favorite scene, or do you think that's the scene you'd have to remove? Well, yeah, I don't think that would play very well to today's audiences, but, you know, he, he tried his best. You know, Wendy, Wendy Peppercorn was uh, obviously a very beautiful young woman. Into Younger Men, which was also, I think, every eight-year-old boy's dream, that uh, hot teenage girls. If we're talking about canceled, we'll get to Bad News Bears soon. Yeah, that's a whole other other kind of kids movie. 
Jason, you're gonna vote for Sandlot or you're gonna hold out for eight men out? Oh yeah. No, so if I saw eight men out, I don't I don't remember it and I think that's probably the only one that I haven't seen in this whole list. I can't imagine it being better than the Sandlot. I mean the Sandlot It isn't. It, it, it isn't. It, <laughs> um, how is the Sandlot yeah. ten? It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I don't know why it doesn't get more respect from critics. What I'll say about Eight Men Out, a little different than Av, is that this should have been a great movie, given that, as we'll see, Shoeless Joe Jackson plays such a key role in so many movie stories. And there's so much here. Gangsters, money, you know, Prohibition, baseball, World Series, you know, the White Sox, Josh. And yet they kind of fumbled the ball. Like they kind of mess up where I think would have been an easy story. As opposed to like the Sandlot, there was really like no story to go with. And they, you know, they made something unforgettable. Uh, Field of Dreams. Kevin Costner is back in it because he's our number two movie and he's going up against Sandlot. Costner's movie, Field of Dreams, came out the year after Bull Durham. He knew that he needed another baseball movie in this bracket to head him, uh, to give him a chance to win. It's an Iowa farmer with daddy issues, builds a baseball field in his cornfield, and the entire uh, 1919 Black Sox show up as a result. Kevin Costner, James Earl Jones, Ray Loyota, Burt Lancaster in his final movie. Chance to squint at a sky so blue that it hurts your eyes just to look at it. To feel the tingle in your arm as you connect with the ball. To run the bases, stretch a double into a triple, and flop face first into third. Wrap your arms around the bag. That's my wish, Reconcilla. That's my wish. And is there enough magic out there in the moonlight to make this dream come true? Field of Dreams is probably my favorite sports movie ever. I was introduced to it when I was like a six or seven year old by a babysitter who would come babysit for me on Saturday nights and would bring movies for me to watch and we would watch them together. And after he brought me Field of Dreams, I think we watched that like eight times in a row because I just like immediately fell in love with the magic of it, the history of baseball contained in it. It's just, it's one of my favorite movies ever. I, I drove cross country with a couple friends uh, back in like 2009 or 2008. And I visited the Grand Canyon and Mount Rushmore and all sorts of other amazing places of, of Americana. But the most memorable one was the afternoon we spent just shagging fly balls in Dyersfield, Iowa at the actual Field of Dreams where they filmed it. It was just, it's one of the most memorable experiences of my life. People will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door, as innocent as children, longing for the past. And they'll walk out to the bleachers, sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes and they'll watch the game and it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters the memories will be so thick they'll have to brush them away from their faces you going to the game next year they're like, having yankees play white Sox in the in the, in the field in iowa um I, I have no plans to travel to iowa for that but you know that sounds awesome serious yeah, yeah. The, baseball is really into baseball movies. Jason may know a bit more about this because he's close wow. to the game. But yeah, they really celebrate Major League, Sandlot, um, Field of Dreams. They don't celebrate Eight Man Out, surprisingly. Um, but I guess <laughs> I guess Field of Dreams is, is, is as close as they come. So, Jason, before you vote, I think something has to be said for the opposing player here. Both 
Sandlot and Field of Dreams are basically about kids wanting to play catch with their dad. I think that's the drama of both of them. <laughs> the main difference between the two movies, and both of them have great lines. I'll give you that. Both of them have great lines, though I think Sandlots are better. But ultimately, this movie comes down to, in a battle of ghosts, who are you going to pick? The Babe or Shoeless Joe? I feel like this, this should be the championship here. Playing catch with, with your dad is like the greatest thing in the world. And, and, and if you don't have that, even if that's all you do, it's, that's something. It's like, it's such a, it's such a, an important bond for, for a dad and his, and his son. And so, you know, obviously there's a, there's a lot more that, that goes to feel the dreams. And, you know, I've never been to, to, to the Midwest, but this makes me want to go out there and, and, <laughs> and, and see, a, see a beautiful baseball field like that. So you should, Jason, you should know that our brother podcast does an annual baseball game extravaganza in the Midwest. And uh, next time nice. they're doing it, we'll make sure to connect you. They, a bunch of listeners get together, they fly out and they usually see a few games off in the twins. I'm, and, I'm down. And I'm down. Yeah. Uh, James Earl Jones of the Sandlot is going to retire to the losers bracket uh, where he's going to play sugar and James Earl Jones of field of dreams will keep on going. We have one bracket left first matchup there is going to be the natural number four and number 13 the rookie the best way to sum up these two movies although they came out natural came out in 1984 rookie came out in 2002 is both of them are about old guys showing up out of nowhere to be to make the major leagues the difference is, is that the natural has robert redford glenn close kim bassinger robert duvall in sort of a wasted role it's based on a famous book directed by a famous director barry levinson those are your winnings, Slugger. This is the gag, Hobbs. Pick it up. Get out of here. If it isn't enough money, tell us what you've got in mind. To hit away. I thought I could rely on your honor, Hobbs. You're about to. You're a foolish, foolish man. You've forgotten something. Your past. I don't care. Go on. Get on the phone. No. That won't be necessary. I like the action. And The Rookie is a Disney movie. Hey, guess what? What? Um, your daddy is going to be a major league pitcher. Really? Yeah, really. What do you think about that, huh? Cool. Can't believe it. Who are you going to play for? We're called the Devil Rays. What's a Devil Ray? Uh, it, it's a fish. What color is it? Black. Can you eat it? I don't know. When they couldn't get Kevin Costner, so they took discount Kevin Costner, which is Dennis Quaid, and he kind of does a mean vinegar stroke every time he pitches the ball or looks at his wife or like sweats or walks around in the rain. There's a lot of rain in The Rookie, and it's a true story. Number four, natural. Number 13, rookie. The problem with The Rookie is that based on a true story, and I think the reality is... That's the problem? Relief pitchers who throw hard could be great one year. They're bad the next year. They're hurt the next year. They're out of baseball. Their journeys can be, and they've been in the minor leagues for seven or eight years. You look at the rookie, yeah, it's a great story, but there are a lot of great stories, similar stories. Some guys are, you know, nowadays, I'm an Uber driver in the off season. Sounds like your vote is against the rookie more than it's for natural. I've watched the natural maybe 15 years ago. And I know it's Robert Redford. It's the classic movie, but it's a fantasy, right? I mean, what happens to Robert Redford after after he makes it to the majors? Do we do we know how long is his career? It's, it's he, like the rookie. Well, it's a it's a magical. It's a year. Then he gets hurt. Oh, he gets, like, oh, and then he's stomach. done. Yeah, they like poison him. It's really weird. The ending of the natural is what most people remember. And then he gets yeah. to meet his son and play catch. There you go. 
cool thing about getting older, like my memory isn't is not nearly as good as it was. Is that I forget stuff, and then like a movie like this, I'll watch it, and it's brand new to me. Two years too. So we won't spoil a scene that happens early on in the natural because I actually didn't know the story. I didn't know the movie, and I watched it a few weeks ago, and I didn't know something that happens in the beginning of the movie. So I was shocked when it happened. The natural is really weird, kind of loosely based on a true story, but the beginning of the movie that sort of happened once to a player. I just found it to be really weird and mystical, and and honestly, the rookie was I didn't really love either, and the first half was so long and boring. The ironic thing about the whole thing is that his wife is like supporting him this whole time and then i read about it like they got divorced like a year later as as jason said it's a one-year wonder with these guys yeah exactly yeah so that didn't hold up i'm gonna pick the rookie by default i'm voting for the natural a few reasons it's beautiful to look at forget about the movie i don't know what barry levinson is doing must be some sort of weird faded color scheme second reason they changed the book the book is based upon shoeless joe jackson and the idea in the book is that robert redford's character takes money at the end to throw the game and therefore, as a result, uh, he like, you know, his, his legacy and his career is ruined. And it's supposed to be a tale of hubris. And in the movie, because Robert Redford is just so charismatic, they change the movie in that he just leaves as the big hero. But Robert Redford is so charismatic. Can I just point out one thing? How, how a player runs into the wall and dies. Yes, like, that's what, my that, third reason. What that's the my F? third reason. Yes. What the heck so, is that? As Av knows, in basketball, above the rim, a player jumped off a roof and died. <laughs> in football, heaven can wait. The quarterback of the Rams died in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. And then in baseball, finally, a player runs to catch a ball, hits the outfield wall, and dies as well. Uh, which of those wins as best death in a sports movie? I thought the Heaven Can Wait one was probably the most realistic because I'm, I think it's only a matter of time before a football player dies on the field, unfortunately. I don't know why I'm laughing. but I'm going to go with the natural because the rookie is just abysmal. No one sh- if, you, if you must watch the rookie, only do it for the last half an hour. The first 90 minutes of this two-hour movie is just completely irrelevant. It's just like small-town Texas, not in an interesting way whatsoever. Let's jump to our other matchup, which is our last. Number five, Bad News Bears against number 12, 42. Bad News Bears came out in 1976, so a nice little golden oldie. It's about a ne'er-do-well who coaches a little league team of losers. Walter Matthews stars as basically the guy he always stars as, a grouch. We just want to say, you guys played a good game. And we treated you pretty unfair all season. We want to apologize. We still don't think you're all that good a baseball team. You got guts. All of you. Come on, let's give him a cheer. Come on. Ready? Okay. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Bears! Bears! Yay! Hey, Yankees! You can take your apology out of your trophy and shove it straight up your ass. And another thing, just wait till next year. It's going up against 42, which is the most recent movie on this watch of 2013. The movie of Jackie Robinson. What else needs to be said? Han Solo, Black Panther, they're pretty much the cast. A legend or a grump? Here's what Bad News Bears is. It's rated PG. You had multiple cursing, curse words, kids smoking, kids drinking beer, and a lot of child abuse. I, I just don't understand this movie. It is totally canceled. It does not hold up at all anymore. It's funny, but it's just 
wild. Um, 42, I thought they did a great job showing the the issues with the racism. Uh, Black Panther, great acting. Why are we listen, having Josh listen, judge MCU, a movie with an MCU character? When, if Black Panther's in the movie, it's a win. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But um, I thought I thought it was really good. I thought he did a great job, and I'm picking 42. Josh is throwing upsets left and right. He's got haymakers. Should it be an upset to me? I mean, I think 42 moves on. The Bad News Bears is what it is back back in the day. It was played Little League back in the 70s. You probably, you probably related to some of that behavior but yeah like you said it, it wait you related um, to, to drinking beer and smoking in the dugout like you you did that when you played little league no know. no that was like i'm talking about the 70s i grew up in the 80s there was that, yeah, that stuff I, was way past me yeah it's it, great for calling out our guest on how old he is please come on <laughs> i've mentioned it like five times already yeah we know about your grandparents yeah, I mean, obviously it, really yeah i know man I'm going all over the place. Some of that behavior and the way kids act, you know, and then you got the Kelly V kid that's like, yeah, I kind of knew a kid like that. You know, and of course, it's all exaggerated, but Jackie Robinson's story is one of, if not the, the most important story in baseball history. And, and I think they did a really good job of it. Acting is, is, is really good. Before we say goodbye to Bad News Bears, which was my pick to get out of this bracket, First off, Rolling Stone says it's their favorite baseball movie ever. And as we mentioned at the top, it's the only baseball movie that doesn't, that doesn't mythologize the sport. So it's really different than everything else here. There's two killer scenes. First off, when the parents are all coming together wearing tuxes and gowns in a local pizza hut in the beginning of the movie, it gets something so true about the way a certain kind of like suburbia that I sort of grew up in that kind of area in Minneapolis. And then number two, this is the reason I would have voted for Bad News Bears all the way to the championship. The big end scene in Bad News Bears where the coach beats his kid in the middle of the game and all the other parents are silent and the kids have a weird reaction and Walter Matthews has this really kind of interesting response. Kill that kid. Throw the ball, Joey! Go, go! so insightful about the way parents and children and you know talking about playing cash with your dad and then how the bears celebrate when the son then sort of gives up on the game to get back at his dad as if the bears actually did something to win the game i don't know i think that whole way it's set up is very very smart it does something you almost never see in a sports movie and just for that scene plus the pizza hut I would have voted Bad News Bears in a walkover. Um, I, I think 42 is a disservice to Jackie Robinson in that I think his genius was his perseverance as opposed to one or two big moments. And I get it's hard to show someone running a marathon, but this movie sort of says, hey, here are two times when printed past the racists. And the genius of Robinson was the small moments every single day, every single trip, getting on the airplanes, getting on the buses. Dodgers check into a hotel, a, a, a decent, good hotel. You're worn out from the road. Some clerk won't give you the pen to sign in with. We got no room for you, boy. Not even down in the coal bin where you belong. Team stops at a restaurant. Waiter won't take your order. Didn't you see the sign on the door? No niggers allowed. What are you going to do then? Fight him? You want a player who doesn't have the guts to fight back? No. No. I want a player who's got the guts not to fight back. 42, you're going up against the natural. Josh, sounds like you have an MCU bias that is on full display. What's your, what's your pick? 
Yeah, I'm going to go with 42 again. Robert um, Redford is in the MCU. Come on, man. Well, yes, he is. He is in the MCU. But, and this has nothing to do with that, to be honest. I, I think 42 is better. 42, 42 has your vote? needs to be said is that Harrison Ford is the best part of 42. Yeah, um, he's good. He's very good in, in 42. Um, is this one of Harrison Ford's best roles, would you say? Yeah, I mean, it's right. So, you know, it's Han Solo, it's Indiana Jones, and I can't even remember the guy's name. Branch Rickey. And yeah, and it's Branch Rickey <laughs> right up there. Branch Rickey's character has very weird parallels to our uncle who passed away uh, about a year ago in Minneapolis. The way he talks, the way he uses his hands, the way he kind of extends sentences. You think God likes baseball, Herb? Where, what the hell is that supposed to mean? It means someday you're going to meet God, and when he inquires as why you didn't take the field against Robinson in Philadelphia, and you answer that it's because he was a Negro, it may not be a sufficient reply. The final four to review, we have from the top bracket, Major League, going up against 42, and on the other side, we're going to have Field of Dreams going up against Moneyball. So the right side of the bracket with Av was a wash, the favorites all advanced. The left side, we had big upsets, thanks to josh major league against 42 who's moving into the finals major league i'm gonna agree Ma major league field of dreams versus its matchup moneyball i think we have a hint of where you're going here field of dreams in a route if you want i could recite the entire uh terrence man monologue but i don't think we have time for that <laughs> that's how we're gonna close the episode with that so get it ready okay but uh, no cheating jason you have a last chance to defend the most data roster based movie in this bracket which is really uh, your calling card are you going to do it? Go Field of Dreams. Do you guys like Kevin Costner at Field of Dreams? Not that he's, I like him as an actor, really, but I, I think he's, he's really a sap in this movie. He doesn't do much. Baseball movie should be, I, I think, Field of Dreams wins easy. I mean, it's, I think it's just hard to, to explain, what, you know, the, the game of baseball the way it is and, and, and Moneyball. They try to do the best they can. Like we talked about earlier, it's very flawed. Field of Dreams. Major League, our number two against our number eight, going for baseball heaven. Jason, who's your champion? I saw Major League 30 times. There's so many classic scenes. I can't vote against Major League. You know, as much as I love Field of Dreams, and I think it's a great movie, I'm going to go with Major League. Uh, before you vote for Field of Dreams, tell us something you like about Major League. It's a lot of fun. And as we discovered the other day, one of the main things that all baseball movies have in common is the presence of Neil Flynn, the janitor from Scrubs. So who's both in Nature League and Rookie First role ever. First role ever. It's where it all began for one of the greatest characters in cinema history. It's important that a movie which is about the love of one's hometown, Major League was made. The director wanted to make this movie for a decade because he's from Cleveland and he just wanted to make a movie. This is before Cleveland was good in the 90s. He wanted to make a movie about his hometown team. And the movie starts off just the first five minutes coasting around Cleveland. Yeah, the score is awesome. It's what's his name from uh, Toy Story. Randy Newman. About the passion of your hometown that's such a part of, I would say, baseball more than most sports. Is that a fair call? History of baseball and hometown is sort of stronger in a way than uh, other sports. A lot of baseball fans would relate to the lead up to the season. And, and you see how the fans are kind of getting into it. And it's like, oh, spring is here. Indian fans are like, ah, we suck. We always suck. First exhibition game. And you hear your hometown broadcaster and you go, all right, it's, it's coming, you know, and smell the grass. You're just a month away or a month and a half away from, from real baseball. I, I think that anticipation is, is what a lot of baseball fans relate to as well. Okay, so I'm the deciding vote. This is exciting. I agree with that. I think it's a nearly perfect movie. I just watched it yesterday. It was, I've seen it before. 
it's really good. My only issue with that movie is from as a Chicagoan, we say you want to play catch. And in New York, they say you want to have a catch. And Kevin Costner's character says to his dad, you want to have a catch, which I thought was a big flaw. That and Joe Jackson batting right-handed, you know, minor, yeah. minor nitpicks. Right. So other than that, I really liked it. And again, my, my 10-year-old self is, is really upset at me now for doing this. But, and I love Major League, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going with Field of Dreams. It's the best baseball movie. The problem is... Josh is forgetting we have four votes on this panel. I'm not oh, quite sure. Uh, do yes. I get a vote? Because I'm not really, it's not really a tie here. You're the do tie I get a vote or not? You can vote. And, you know, obviously, ultimately, this isn't that relevant because they're both in the major tournament. And we can just, uh, we can put a, a Twitter poll out for our, you know, four, six, four to six listeners to determine who, what the actual <laughs> best baseball movie is. Jason, we'll need your support. I'm saying Major League. Field of Dreams, there's just some, like, Kevin Costner is too much of a sap. They're, the middle part of the movie really drags for me. As soon as James Earl Jones is kind of in Iowa, the movie takes off, but then he disappears again. I don't love Major League, but I'd go for sort of a vanilla slapshot movie over sort of too many misses in, in Field of Dreams. I'll throw Does it into die? Major League. Does who, James, James Earl Jones die at the end or he just goes to visit heaven? I didn't understand. I don't think it's very clear what happens. And I, I will say that every time I watch that movie, I still hope against hope that Kevin Costner will be allowed to, emer- to ascend with them to the Ivy. And I'm disappointed every time. I'd have one last shout out for Sandlot because I agree, it should have been the championship. And I think my wife and I quote that movie uh, at least once a week. Let's quickly just knock out the loser's bracket. We got Sandlot against Sugar. Sounds like Sandlot's going to take it. And then on the other side, Bull Durham is going against The Natural. Who's your winner? Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Boom. It was going to make its way into the bracket one way or the other. Is this our most competitive bracket? Um, I think so. I think, the, I think the, so far the, ba- the baseball has been the best sports movies that we've had. There's a lot more different stories that are told with like different ages and different types of baseball, major leagues, minor leagues, college, you know, little league just lends itself to better movies that there's just like a, a wider variety of stories to tell. There's something about well, the way you could shoot baseball because it's really in a way is a, a one-on-one sport between the pitcher and the batter. It just allows you to like focus in on, on the sport in a way that like the, the vastness of a football game or a basketball game or a hockey game, frankly, even just like it's hard to capture on film in a compelling way. And I think baseball lends itself the best. Before we let you go, Jason, if you could pick one pitcher from any of these movies and one hitter, to have the most drama going up against each other. It doesn't have to be the best. It's just your favorite. Which pitcher versus what hitter would you want? We'll even let you pick Babe Ruth's character in Pride of the Yankees. I, I looked up the, uh, the the pitcher versus batter splits, hoping to see that Babe Ruth had faced off at some point in his career against uh, Eddie Kichode, or I don't remember how to pronounce his name, but unfortunately they never faced off. So that couldn't be my choice. From the White Sox? From the, yeah, from from the White out. Sox. I think it's Seacott. Seacott. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go with Nuke Lelouch against Pedro Serrano. And what would happen in that, in that matchup? Throw power him a curve. Power, man. If, if, if Lelouch is throwing his curveball for strikes, Forget I mean, it. Serrano doesn't have much of a chance. But if he throws him the fastball, I think Serrano will take him deep. 75 feet heading home that baseball documentary the one about the team israel making it to their world baseball series they say how uh the little mascot that they had who josh i forget what the mascot's called but, bench, uh, mench on the bench mench on the bench apparently was inspired by uh pedro uh, yeah joe, joe boo, I joe boo. <laughs> so strong connection across the baseball bracket universe of, of movies exactly. joe boo to mention on a bench roy hobbs facing off against henry rowan gartner and it's gonna be a very quick at bat 100 mile hour fastball inside corner on the black 100 mile per hour outside corner on the black strikes about swinging with the floater is this pre-bleeding out of his gut or 
posts bleeding out of his gut. <laughs> it's it's a combination of all of it. He's he, by now he's mastered both the the fastball and the floater. So go with Charlie Sheen, Crush Davis. Correct me if I'm wrong. Every single time we see Crush Davis at bat, he home runs. Literally home runs in every single at bat in that movie. His numbers retired by the actual real durable. Jason. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can listeners find you, follow you? Catch me on Twitter at MLB Depth Chart. And my website, Roster Resource, is now part of Fangraphs. So depth charts, roster projection, payroll, free agent tracking, all that stuff. Uh, you can find me there at Fangraphs. The offseason is often the best part of the game. This is like Christmas for me today. First day of the offseason. Well, thanks for joining us on your Christmas. That's a special time to it's talk been, baseball. It's been, hey. It's been fun. It's been fun. Thanks Any, for having me. Anything else you want to tell us about your grandparents before you go? <laughs> I'm just messing. All right, thanks. Talking baseball. Klazuski Campanella. Talking baseball. The man and Bobby Feller. The scooter. The barber and the nuke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque. Especially Willie. Mickey. I want to just correct uh, Moneyball the movie came out in 2011 that's so I weird because they're, the same thing just happened to Aaron Sorkin who wrote the wrong year that Social Network came out he said 2011 instead of 2010 or vice versa both of which he wrote <laughs> literally today he wrote an op-ed down in Washington I'm talking baseball Klazuski Campanella talking baseball the man and Bobby Feller the scooter Barber and the Duke They knew them all From Boston to Dubuque Especially Willie Mickey and the Duke Now my old friend The Bachelor Well he swore he was The Oklahoma kid And Cookie played hooky To go and see the Duke And me I always loved Willie Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.